You're listening to Cut the Net, a weekly talk show that revolves around the world of basketball, whether it's NBA, college, high school, or your local rec league. Cut the Net is hosted by a current basketball skills trainer and a six foot seven guy who had a mediocre and a mural career. We are bringing fresh opinions to hot topics that will leave you laughing, motivated, and wanting more. So for whatever reason you're here, stay tuned, because it starts right now. I did not realize how pumped I would be after hearing that intro. Bryce, we made it. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever episode of Cut the Net. I am Evan Roberts, the tall guy that you just heard about. Uh, Across the table is my co-host, Bryce Kruger, the founder of Made Elite Basketball. How's it going, Bryce? What's going on, man? I am good. (laughs) Good. How hyped are you right now? Pretty hyped. I'm... I can't stop smiling. I'm always <laughs> struggling to make myself sound normal, I yeah. feel like. That, which is good, which is good. I mean, <laughs> honestly, somebody check iTunes because I think we're already trending. <laughs> we, That's, we the hope. That's the hope. <laughs> so for our first episode, uh, which we probably already lost 80% of our viewership, but for those of you that are still here, uh, we're going to explain the idea behind Cut the Net uh, and why we're doing this. But before we do that, you need to know who you're listening to. So like I said, my name is Evan Roberts. Um, I've played basketball my whole life. I played on a few AAU teams in uh, high school, and after high school, I got a couple of small school offers, but as you heard in the intro, um, I took my talents to SBU Intramurals, uh, and which was, it all worked out uh, because I was able to then co-found a business that started from a social media account called Division 6 Bound. Uh, Division 6 Bound was uh, a business that um, my partner and I started, and we host dunk ball tournaments. So dunk ball is uh, basically regulation basketball games, five on five, full court, certified reps, but we lowered the rims from 10 feet to 9 feet. Uh, our Twitter account was just making jokes, people that uh, weren't good at all, that had all the uh, apparel, had the nicest shoes, uh, or talked the most trash but couldn't back it up. Um, so, so yeah, I dealt with people that were basically terrible or just not as good at least on a regulation uh, court which is actually the exact opposite of how my co-host operates so Bryce tell them tell them a little bit about yourself yeah um, <clears throat> my job is not to um, discourage <laughs> um, <laughs> although I think it would make the game easier for lots of people if we could lower it to nine foot I might have actually got my first career dunk in if we did that <laughs> Um, but yeah, I am, like Evan said earlier, the CEO and founder of Made Elite Basketball. Um, I started this company a couple years back after I decided to quit college basketball and jump in um, to the training side of things. I was trained in high school and loved it and wanted to kind of go from there. I wanted to do my own thing. So that's what brought me here today. Absolutely. And actually, Bryce and I were had the privilege to play on the same team in high school when yes, I was a senior. Yes. And, uh, and he was a freshman. Uh, so just briefly, what we're going to do uh, is explain what Cut the Net is, what to expect on this show. So this is going to be majority of the time a basketball content um, podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, current events. We're going to have guests on the show, coaches, players, parents of players. Um, and then we're going to be talking current events. We're going to argue uh, we're not going to agree on everything, obviously, but we're also going to bring it back uh, to the whole grand scheme of life as well. 
Um, we want it to be for past, present, and future basketball lovers, but also anyone who likes uh, good competition or someone that just wants their weekly dose of motivation. Uh, Bryce, do you have yeah, anything to no, add? No, that pretty much hits everything. <laughs> All much right. Hits everything. So the reason that Cut the Net even exists is because of Made Elite Basketball. And like we mentioned earlier, Bryce is the founder and CEO of that. So Bryce, please tell everybody, what is Made Elite? So Made Elite Basketball is a basketball skills training company. Um, I had the privilege of being trained by a couple of people who worked for a company called Pure Sweat Basketball when I was in high school. And I fell in love with the training side of basketball. Um, obviously in high school, I was still playing, still love the game, still do, but I was pretty excited to see what I could do on the opposite side of things, the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to start this skills training company, working with kids of all ages, all levels um, to improve their game. You know, you know, just skill, skill wise, what to expect at the next level, where you need to be intensity wise and, and stuff like that. So Absolutely. I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, keeps me involved, and I yeah. like to believe I'm helping kids improve their game. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely sounds like a, a mission-driven business, which yes. is awesome. Uh, so explain, like, where you're at right now. What is the daily operations of Major League? So right now, um, a majority of my clients are high school, middle school, um, or college kids. Um, during the day, kids have school. So <laughs> I don't start training typically till about 3 if kids have practice, sometimes that's 5 or 5.30. Um, so I get to spend my days um, working on immediately social media branding, mm -hmm. um, flyers, thinking of ideas of what we can do to improve immediately basketball as a whole. Um, and then when it's time, we hit the gym and we typically make each session last about an hour long and we get after it. Absolutely. So. So you, you mentioned once you hit the gym, it's go time. So, and obviously it can vary between, you know, ages, right. um, different ages, and then also how many people you have at, a, at one workout. Yes, yes. So walk me through that. So are, are we, you know, if you have like a big group compared to a small group, what, what does that look like? So um, typically the majority of my groups range from three to five kids right now. Um, I have a few that go up to 15. And I have a f quite a few that are at one. Um, mm -hmm. So if we're at three to five, we try to structure a workout that is individualized for each person there while we're working on the same thing of basketball. So um, an example is if I have a college stud, like one of my clients is Conley Garrison at Jury, and say I have a sixth grader there also, let's call him Tim mm -hmm. for made-up name, mm -hmm. um, if say we're working on ball screen stuff, I might have Conley work on a stutter step after snaking a ball screen, getting downhill and finishing with the veer finish, where I might have Tim coming off and doing a hesitation to do a pull-up jumper. So we're working on the same stuff, but we're individualizing it for each person there. So each person is getting the most out of the workout that they can. I think I would definitely have to do whatever Tim did because I didn't <laughs> understand the first one. But, I mean, that absolutely proves your point that, you know, the right. level of, yeah. Uh, my next question would be when are you having these are these year round yes okay. um we try to go i try to make myself available to everyone whenever so as long as i'm not scheduled or booked for another workout if i'm in town and i'm free and you ask me to work out we're doing it mm -hmm. so no matter when it is so when you say 
if if I'm free, we're doing this. Where where does that happen? So obviously, you try and stay in you know a regional area, but do you, do you travel? Right. Um, if you have a gym, I'll come to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I say have a gym, if you can get access to a gym, I will come to you. Um, and if I if you can't, I would do my best to work out a gym scenario here where I'm at, and we'll go from there. Um, typically, I haven't really had too much problem getting a gym. Every now and then, one will be booked, so I'll have to move a time or something like that. But typically, we can get a gym. So we have, I think, five or six different gyms here just in Bolivar alone mm-hmm. that we have access to. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I'll come to you if you can get a gym and don't want to make the drive. Mm-hmm. So I've driven up to eight hours for a workout before. Um, so wow. I'm willing to come to Dedication. you. Just like Now, prices vary on how far I have sure. to drive. Sure, But... Um, I'll still come to you. Yeah, so. yeah. absolutely. Um, so kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of that, uh, you mentioned that you do all ages, all skill levels, things like that. Is there, you know, a, like a specific demographic uh, that you would focus on the most? Or, I mean, do you just try and open it up? Nope, I like to keep come? it open because um, there's if you're in second grade or in third grade, um, no matter how good or bad you think you are, we're going to be working on the same thing no matter who you are. Because at that age level, you don't need to be learning a bunch of crazy stuff. You need to be learning the fundamentals sure. and basics of basketball. Um, so there's, I don't ever, in my head, every player is the same, right? So I can work on advanced level stuff with advanced players or I can work on the fundamentals with other players, but that doesn't mean that you are necessarily more special because you can do this and that. I'm, like I, mm-hmm. every player, my goal is to make every player better no matter where they're at. So if they're at a step two when I start working with them, yeah. my goal is to get them all the way up there to that step 10. If they're at a step eight, my goal is to get you to a step 10. So matter what, no matter what, the blueprint might be different, but we're going to attack it the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, you talked about the, the variance between skill levels. As far as positions go, so you're, you're obviously a guard. I would hope you're a guard by yeah. looking at you. So how does are you only training guards? Do you train posts as well? Nope. Um, train posts, train guards, train everything in between. Um, and love when they're in together. I can yeah. get a post and a guard in there, and I can use the pick and roll example again. I'll have the post set the pick. I'll have the guard come off the screen, and we'll work on snaking the ball screen to a your finish, like I just mentioned. And the guard may be picking and popping, getting into a circle sweep or something down in the post. Um, and that's just you can put workouts together you know there's always ways to improve your game as long as you have a structure that is going to get you to where you want to be yeah um and that's kind of how we attack each workout so you mentioned where you want to be what's the next step for made elite where where, what's the vision where are you going the vision for made elite basketball is to help as many kids improve their game as possible um when I say kids, that can be second or third graders, or that can be a NBA all-stars, which is obviously who every trainer wants to work with at mm-hmm. some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm not fortunate enough to get to work with NBA all-stars, but I know that I helped hundreds and thousands of kids at some point in time improve their game, whether it's just listening to what we talk about on here mm-hmm. or me being in the gym with them, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be satisfied with what Made Elite can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so as the game evolves um, and you see it at the highest level, how, you know, big men, I guess, for example, I mean, that position has completely changed here in the past Absolutely. 10, 20 years. 
how do you adapt to these you know changes in the game? Like how what's your film? Where are you, are you watching film. NBA games constantly, every night? Constantly, <laughs> I. Yeah. I would say that I probably watch as much film as someone can watch at the position that I am in. Um, I love it. Now, I know trainers that watch more than I do because they have access to it or they're working with NBA players. Um, But watching games, studying film, learning from what the best of the best do is how you improve yourself as well. Whether that's watching an NBA player to improve a college kid's game, or that's watching an NBA skills trainer to improve how I go about skills workouts. Mm-hmm. Watching and learning from someone that does it better than you is always a good way to improve. That's why like, guys like Kobe Bryant now are helping mentor players like Jason Tatum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because Kobe was one of the best of the best to do, especially with footwork and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which Tatum is trying to conquer. There's no shame in learning from someone better than you. No shame. Absolutely. So... As far as moves go, like are are you trying to figure out the hardened step back? Like, are you implementing that in your skills training? Well, like, how does yeah? Yeah, obviously, I want to learn the move yeah. um, and be able to teach it when it needs to be taught. But each player has their limits, and each player has their game style. You know, I'm not going to teach a hardened step back to someone who has a killer step back already. For first, first off. Or for someone who struggles to do it without traveling. Um, You don't want to take advantage of the game. That's one thing that I've learned throughout doing this stuff is you don't want to teach a kid something that sometimes will work and sometimes won't get called for a travel because the times it does get called, you're the one that taught them that. And in their head, well, maybe Lee taught me this move and it's getting called for a travel. What are they teaching? You know, so... You don't want to cheat the game. The basketball gods is a real thing. Um, so as long as you're teaching what works fundamentally and what works for the best of the best, then you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. You, you mentioned knowing each player's limits or each kid's limit that you train. Uh, how do you do that? So someone that just comes, you know, asking for a workout, do you, do you watch their film? You know, do you just, you know, let them shoot around and say, okay, let's start with this. Like how does, so for younger players, there's nothing film wise to watch. Um, unless you go to all the youth basketball games, which I, I'm not going to the (laughs) local rec and watching a bunch of second grade teams play. It's just, it's not how it works. Um, so with those groups, typically every kid at that age needs to get better at the same thing. Um, traveling is a major issue at that age, finishing major issue at that age in second grade or even first grade or even up to sixth grade. Sometimes basketball is give the ball to the fastest kid and get out the way, (laughs) um, which is not how it works. Um, so, and you know that everyone knows that. So, um, what we, what we do is we'll typically attack those the same way. When I get a college player, there's film, high school player, there's film. I study that player. I learn their weaknesses. Um, we do a kind of a breakdown of that player. What's going to keep them off the court? Why are they on the court? Why can a coach trust them? Why can't a coach trust them? We attack the weaknesses first. We improve the strengths while doing so and um, try to improve that player overall. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the, the coaches. I'm interested to know what 
is the difference between like a coach and a trainer and and why did you choose one over the other with your love of yeah, basketball yeah. and kind of the mission of trying to help you know the youth or yeah pass on your knowledge so um coaches to me are up front they're behind the scenes in practice, but they're the ones, they're X's and O's, as well as skill, mm-hmm. but they're X's and O's, they're building relationships, they're they're doing, as a trainer, you're behind the scenes, you know, on the sideline for the game, you can't communicate to your player during the game, um, so you're teaching them what's going to work when they're in a situation that needs, they need an out, so... Whether it's you're being trapped, how do we attack the trap? How do we create space for ourselves? Coaches don't have but two and a half hours, even at college level, two, two and a half, three hours of practice each day. So they don't have time to go through every little thing. They have time to do X's and O's, work on defense, get their team ready for the team they're playing next. Mm -hmm. Whereas a trainer can take that player individually and improve their game one-on-one. Coaches don't have time for that. Um, So I love the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I've coached before. Didn't enjoy it a whole bunch. Didn't dislike it. And I have the utmost respect for head coaches at any level. It's hard. Um, but I like the behind-the-scenes yeah. skills training a lot more. It's funny you mentioned that. That's what I was going to ask. How is the relationship between a trainer and a coach? Because I feel like it could be a little explosive. It has to be good. Way. Trainers have relationships with coaches that aren't good, and those trainers and players will fail. Yeah. Um, if you are not communicating with the coach, then you are butting heads with the coach. Coach could be teaching a kid one thing or a team one thing, and you're teaching them the complete opposite. That's not good. So when I train kids, I all no matter who their coach is, if they're at the high school, middle school, or college level, I communicate with that coach, let them know when we're working out, what we're working on, what they ask them what they want the player to get better at, and then we attack it. Because ultimately, the coach has a say if that kid plays or not. Mm-hmm. So if the coach wants the player to get better at finishing and all we work on is ball handling and he never gets better at finishing, kid's not going to play because he can't finish and the coach wants him to be able to finish. Right. So we work hand in hand and it works well because then you get the most out of each workout. Yeah. So it sounds like not only are you teaching skill, but you're also teaching you know leadership qualities. Yeah. Nuances. The nuances of the game, yeah. how it works, how to attack each possession, each game, the mindset, the mental aspect of everything as well as these skills and the x's and o's and i don't think an everyday fan understands all of the intangibles that come with training trying to get better honing your craft in one sport they they don't and they don't need to you know it's not the reason it's behind the scenes is because it's not for everybody to see yeah sometimes it's cutthroat sometimes i'll do an hour and a half workout with a kid and we will walk through the entire time and it's just learning the basics, the the step by step by step process, and it's boring for players, but it's what it takes. Yeah. You know, you can't. Central. You see a lot of trainers that have a tennis ball, or you know, they're throwing tennis balls around and throwing dodgeballs at their player while they're dribbling, <laughs> and that doesn't work because you don't do that in a game. Yeah. Everything that I teach, you'll see in a game. Um, it's game like, it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna rarely, rarely ever do we use two basketballs. Because you don't use two basketballs in the game. Sure. That's that's kind of how we attack each workout. Yeah. So awesome. Well, I mean, that about wraps it up. Is there anything that we didn't get uh, for Mady Lead? Is there anything else that you want to share? No, I mean, I moment? think we pretty much heard it all. Yeah. So uh, again, Mady Lead is the reason that Cut the Net exists, um, and obviously Bryce is the reason that Mady Lead exists. So uh, before we wrap it up, one last thing. This 
episode number one is going to air probably the morning of the championship game for March Madness. So briefly, let's talk about the Final Four. It's locked in right now. Let's talk about broken brackets, whatever. So first of all, how many brackets did you fill out? Fill out. Are you the one that fills out ten different ones with the same winner, or you know, are you? Just I filled diversifying? out three brackets, each with a different winner. Wow. Um, I do that because I enjoy keeping up with them and seeing which teams can pull off different things. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if you were to see what, like, you had the Retrievers from UMBC last year beating Virginia, Mm -hmm. 16 versus 1, it never happened. Mm -hmm. It's cool to go back and compare all those brackets and see how each of those played out. So that's why I like it. I never really pull too hard for one certain team or bracket to win. You know, I do it for fun. Yeah. And I think everyone does. Yeah. So. And you want the shot at, okay, is this the perfect bracket? Right. Am I about Will to make Will it history? be the perfect bracket? It is not this year. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Dang it. <laughs> Who did you have winning? I had North Carolina winning at all. I was actually at the game live when they got beat by Auburn. Did not play well. Had get, got bit by the sick bug. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no excuse. They lost. So my bracket is no longer perfect. I do have one with Michigan State in there, okay, and they are still alive. And I had another one with Gonzaga, and they are no longer alive. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of see how that goes. I had one bracket, all or nothing, and it was Duke, and they let me down. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, yes. I mean, gosh, the the talent on that team and the luck that they had. That team is a championship quality team. The thing about March Madness is they could play the same team again right now, and I would not be surprised in any way if they were to win by 15. Yeah. And same for the other team. Mm-hmm. It's March Madness. You never know what's right. going to happen. You could be the, sit bug, the sick bug like Tar Heels did, yeah. or you could miss a three that you normally make when you're wide open, and that completely changes the game, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's so fun about it, man. I like, I like every team in college. You respect them all. Um, Coach K is obviously probably the best to do it at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that team, there's never you can never be wrong for picking Duke right. to win it all until they lose. Yeah, <laughs> odds are pretty good. So right now, as it stands, the Final Four, Virginia and... You got see. Virginia, you got Auburn. And that, they're playing each other, Virginia mm-hmm. and Auburn. Yeah, so that's a one and a five seed. Yes. And then you got the Michigan side, State. Michigan State and Texas Tech. And Texas Tech. And that's a two and a three. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? Winning it all. Winning both of those games. Getting to the ship. I got Virginia because, like I mentioned earlier, they got beat by a 16 seed <laughs> last year. And I think that kind of motivated them. Absolutely. I love what Tony Bennett does with those guys, too. Yeah. And then I have the... Uh, Spartans of Michigan State, mm-hmm. led by Tom Izzo, another one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be more than ecstatic if those two meet in a championship, because that would be a blast. And both those teams are playing well. Both teams escaped kind of some scary yeah. situations early in the tournament, yeah. and they're playing their best ball of the tournament right now. Yeah. So, so just for argument's sake, I'm going to have to go the opposite. I am going to go with Charles Barkley on this one. And, and go with Auburn. <laughs> and then also I have Texas Tech in my bracket. So No way. Yes. That is awesome. Yes. Okay. 
Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm going to go the opposite on you. And then the last question, dare I say, who will cut the net? <laughs> the team I believe will be cutting the net this year is Virginia. I think that they have too much motivation behind them. When it, I mean, first ever lost to a 16 seed. And Terrible. they lost by 20. Terrible. Um, I think that they come back. They win it this year, so that can be almost forgotten in their minds, not by the fans, because it was the first ever. But what better way to redeem a loss like that and to win it all the next year? Right. So I'm going with Tony Bennett and the Virginia Cavaliers. I feel like that's the only way that you can erase it. Honestly. That. And w- you'll never erase it. One versus losing right. to a 16. Right. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But the best, best case scenario <laughs> is coming back and winning it next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Absolute redemption. I'm going five seed all the way. Chalk it up I now. Love it. I want Auburn to win. They made it. This they far. are playing with as much momentum mm-hmm. as anyone that has been in the tournament in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Charles Barkley behind <laughs> them. Problem with that Not is much. Barkley never won one <laughs> in the NBA or in college. Um, but Ouch. they're a good team. They got an awesome coach behind them. He knows what he's doing. Um, I love Roy Williams in North Carolina, but he'll yeah. be the first to admit he got out coached yep. in that game, mm-hmm. um, and that that's what plays into it. He's I'm not saying he's a better coach, but sometimes coaches prepare for matchups better than others, and that plays into the game. It's madness. It is March madness. March it madness. is awesome. Awesome. Well, Bryce, I think this wraps us up. I think we're about out of time, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of Cut the Net. We will see you. Next week, there's going to be weekly episodes. Bryce, you have anything left to say to our wonderful fans? I got nothing, man. I got nothing. That was fun. That was really fun. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.